Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation, as you well know, and I'm JT, along with my co-host, uh, Ms. Leanne Hall of Fame Whippin. Dave and Chris are running around in the background somewhere. You can't see them. That's why we use green screens. I don't think you want to see them. Um, and we're coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in the Portland area. Today, our guest is uh, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. But first, before Ray and, uh, and Leanne and I start yakking, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. And don't forget, you can use the code BBQNATION. Just like that, BBQ Nation, and you get a 15% discount on their online store. So there you go. Well, Dr. Barbecue is back. Ray Lampy. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Great to see you guys. Always fun to talk some barbecue and whatever nonsense comes up. <laughs> Ray and I dressed specifically for the show today. I want everybody to know you that. You had a lot of notice and you we had a, planned. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I think we were we were both doing the same thing. Different ends of the country, but it's all good. Yeah. So I was sitting here this morning, actually, Ray, and I was thinking, you know, I wanted to ask you some really kind of leading questions. And the reason, not for a bad reason, but a good reason is because you're in the Hall of Fame. You've worked in the barbecue industry. You've done restaurants. You know, you, you and my co-host, Leanne, there are two icons in the business. So, uh, but I thought I had more time to write my more questions, but I wrote a few down. So um, we'll start with this one. What is the one thing, maybe the biggest thing that you've learned in all your years of doing the various aspects of barbecue? The one thing I've learned, you know, and, and I share this often with people, I think, and it's, it's business. If you're trying to make a living at it, like me and Leanne do, Mm -hmm. It's business. You can't get assume that just because it's barbecue, everybody's a straight shooter. Just because it's barbecue, everybody's going to come. Just because my barbecue is good, everybody's going to come and I'm going to be able to make money. Uh, partners are going to be honest. Partners are going to pay you. Uh, it, you. You just it's OK, but don't forget that it's business. I think a lot of people may have the mistake, they make the mistake of somehow thinking it's magic because it's a barbecue. I, I often say, if you put 100 people in a room, there's going to be some, some liars and cheaters and pretty bad people out of that 100. I don't care how much they like barbecue, 100 people, you're going to find some characters in there. So, mm -hmm. But that's, again, it's okay. It's it, You just got to keep your business attitude up all the time and understand that that's what it is. It's not magic. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and, and I like Leanne's take on this too, do you think that through the advent of social media and Facebook and all those different platforms that we all use now, 
Do you think the advent of that has created with some of the folks that we see on the social media platforms? Um, a lot of them I've never heard of, and that doesn't mean anything. I certainly don't know everybody, but a lot of them get out there and then this and that, and then pretty soon, and we talked a little bit about this in the last show, pretty soon they're an ambassador at, for a brand. And, but those ambassadorships sometimes are not all that they're cracked up to be. It just means you're getting some free product from them, but they demand a kind of a steep price, maybe in the amount of stuff you have to post or recipes you create or whatever the deal is. It doesn't matter. Do you think that that's had an effect on uh, what you were just speaking about, Ray? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Luckily, I'm older and, and nicer than I used to be. Uh, <laughs> not that much, but I'm way older and a little bit nicer. Um, yeah, boy, it affects my business every day. And I spend a lot of time talking about it these days. It, it, it's it's a multi-level thing. So it used to be, and it's it's easy to say this with Leanne here saying, sitting with us, Leanne and I were on the short list for, a, for years of who got called to do, you name it, whether it was a, a sponsorship or a, a special contest or TV, of course, mm -hmm. we talk about that, uh, podcasts, work for big brands. We were on the short list because we were the pioneers, the experts, the the big names. Now, and the reason we got called for that is because we had earned it. We had done all our legwork. We were well known in the world from hitting the road and cooking the barbecue contest and sharing with people and being pretty good at it and being able to talk and walk at the same time. And and we earned that. Now it's ass backwards. You you do all the celebrity stuff to try to get well-known. I, I, I hesitate to use the word famous because, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to call yourself famous, but I guess in our world, we are. We became famous because we did all that. Now people start out by trying to be famous and then fill in, backfill it from behind. And it just makes no sense to me. The cookbook industry is a perfect example. So I used to write cookbooks for years and got paid a lot of money for writing those books because I was good at it, because I was an expert in the field. I was also really good at promoting them. And, and that was how the business worked. And I got paid good money. Now you people, a lot of people write cookbooks for the reason of promoting themselves. So you write mm -hmm. the cookbook for no money because it's going to somehow make you famous. And that's just ass backwards to me. I have such a hard time understanding it. Um, and, and then it also creates, you know, people working for free and, it's just the social media world we live in. It's just not that hard to become a big deal. And the thing that I'm, it's bugging me like crazy lately. And I, I need to get better at it. Uh, the, the most I feel right now to be a barbecue, an important barbecue person, a big name, the most important thing to do is editing. That, that's, mm -hmm. that's what I really feel right now. Um, uh, mm -hmm. because I'm not very good at Leanne's way better than I am. Um, but the people that are making a big name for themselves are great at it. Uh, editing, SEO, search engine optimization, um, all, all the algorithms, all of that stuff. You know what I didn't mention there in those top three or five or 10 things that make you a big deal? So barbecue celebrity cooking. Yeah, it, right. it doesn't matter. I just I just got a list from someone about some recipe ideas that they would like me to do. And I'm gonna and a couple of them are. I looked at him and I was like, but this is a, a horrible recipe. This is not something I would ever cook <laughs> if you were coming to my house to eat. It's going to make for a good video. 
Um, and I'll probably do it because I'm trying to somehow conform. But it's just disappointing to me that we we've gone from uh, it, it's no longer all about being a great cook and cooking something that I really want to eat. It's more about all those editing and SEO and algorithms and cooking something that looks really gooey and crazy on on camera. Uh-huh. So was that a big enough answer for you, Jeff? Yeah, I love, I, answer. I, I love it's that. true. It's true. I want to hear and, your and, version and, of that. And no, I, I totally 100% agree with you. And now I feel as if what we did back in the day and we when we got called for those things, we appreciated it. It was an honor. But I didn't feel like we were competing against each other. It was like we were trying to do it for the sport of barbecue, our love of barbecue. Now I feel like I'm competing with these social media people and trying to up my game just to get to their level of weirdness. And 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 that's not me. And, and it should be the other way around. They should yeah. be trying to get to our level of yeah. ability to not. cook and, and walk not. and talk on camera. It's not. And, said and this, that's so and frustrating. I'm going to cut you off for a second again, Jeff, because uh-huh. I was just repeating this story uh, uh I don't know, six months ago, me and Leanne and, and Tuffy and Chris Lilly all happened to be in Dallas and had a, a rare occasion, the four of us in one place, with the opportunity to go out for dinner and go have some drinks. And and we were talking about, you know, what has changed over the years. And uh, Tuffy, not quite as far as the rest of us. But we all go back a long way. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it, what I was telling these guys was, listen, we're the ones that made this happen. We changed this whole thing. We Years ago, we would talk about it. If we can elevate the whole thing, like you're saying, Leanne, instead of just mm-hmm. trying to get myself 100,000 followers, how can we make barbecue a big deal? And then we can all feed off of it. And we did that. And we get credit for it. And we should take the credit for it. Unfortunately, we live in a social media world. You know, I, I, I hear you because I'll tell you, um, I've, been doing, I've been doing broadcasting and stuff for a very long time. And uh, I have also cooked on television for a very long time. And to some of the companies that you talk to, and, I, and I'm not going to name any names, and then we'll go to break when I finish my rant, like Ray's rant here, but they're, mm-hmm. they go inside. Calm down. Maybe I will go get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but and you say, hey, look, I've cooked on television for 25 years. Um, and not just on one station, on multiple stations. And a lot of people don't know what goes into that. You two do. I know you do. Uh-huh. But they don't know prep the day before, getting to the station early, being there, making it pleasant and entertaining to put your hero shot out there at the end and do all that. I'm using terms most of them don't even know. <laughs> and then they look at me like, well, that's nice that you've done that. But, uh, you know, I can take I got 100,000 followers. I got 100,000 followers. And I want to say, Why? You know, right? I, I, and you can say, well, the the uh, the average age between the three people on this show is probably somewhere around sixty four and a half years old. But we've been doing it since we were in our twenties or mm-hmm. longer. You got to give us some credit for that. You know what I mean? It, it just um, at the same time we can't sit here and woe is us because no, no, we just have no. to step up our game and that's what we try to do and you know still maintaining the integrity of barbecue because i feel like some of the social media uh people don't even touch on the reality of good barbecue and the proper way to cook it and yet they have the followers but you know what Ray, we're still in the game <laughs> <laughs> well i have never i can tell you this i've never cooked a brisket sl- cut it in half 
and squeezed it in my yes. life. And I'm probably, <laughs> but that seems I probably should, but I'm not gonna. I, I also want to point out that Leanne is by far the youngest of the three of us. Yes, she is. <laughs> Not by much. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she is. And the best looking of the oh. three of us, Ray. So <laughs> that was obvious. Yeah. yeah, that one's obvious. Anyway, we're going to take a break here on The Nation. We're going to be back with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, Hall of Famer, Ms. Leanne Whippen, my co-pilot, Hall of Famer, and me. I just probably need to go down the hall. Anyway, we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on USA Radio Networks. Today, we're very fortunate to have Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, with us. And, of course, Leanne is with us. Um, we're on all the social media platforms. Some of them I don't even know who they are or what they do, but I'm told we're there. And uh, if you want to email us, just go to barbecuenationjt.com. Uh, there's a form there you can fill out and send us a question. And like I've said many times, if it's a fun and good question, I'll answer it. And if you're snarky, I'll send it to Leanne. So we're we're we kind of answered this uh, in the first segment, but I want to follow up with this question: What's the difference in how you guys do barbecue and some of the folks we see today on social media and the reality shows? Reality shows drive me nuts. I was in one. You guys have been in them. I think I know Leanne has. I'm not sure if Ray has, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that we were taught and we were practitioners of that get left out. Uh, and some of that's editing, like you mentioned, Ray, but some of it is also basic skills and knowledge. What's I, your I, I feel like they don't even focus on skills and technique. It's more about their personality, their persona and how weird the ingredient can be or how large it can be or. As Ray said, how gooey it can be. Um, the focus is away from technique and you know, and barbecue. I mean, cooking barbecue. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Ray. Yeah, it, it's just it's so different. Uh, and I'm not saying some of these some of the influencers and big social media people aren't good barbecue cooks. Some of them are, but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily what works. Uh, I mean, Malcolm Reed. Malcolm's killing it and Malcolm's a really good cook, but, mm-hmm. but he's certainly not the normal, uh, what we're talking about. You know, yeah. Malcolm, Malcolm's one of us. He just yeah. figured out a way to do it sitting down and, uh-huh. and he's killing it. Um, yeah. but, but, but that's not the kind of people we're talking about. So, you know, you hate to generalize like that yeah, yeah. And, and you hate to be a crabby old boomer, which is what we are. Uh-huh. And, and, but on the other hand, it's frustrating because we are purists. We are about that. Uh, I, yeah, I don't see the, intent of what i see mostly on social media is not a really great thing to eat um i mean think about this how many more i joked about the cutting the brisket in half and squeezing it but you you i could find you a hundred people doing that right now oh yeah Uh but why would we need a hundred of them to do it you know i once one guy did it or 10 of them that wasn't that enough that's what I don't understand. Creativity is not rewarded. Um, mm-hmm. The creativity and or stupid creativity is uh, can I how many burgers can I pile high 
and still right. put a bun on, you know, I mean, something like that. Um, I, I just, I would like to see them be creative and do new things and actually have, like you said, skills. Um, how many tomahawks do we need to have, see reverse seared on social mm -hmm. media? I, it's a lot. <laughs> I, I would yeah. be curious to know what the number of videos of that is. And that just, it bores me. You know, I, I look at things and I think, well, everybody already did that. Why would I do that? But, but, but it's, it seems to sell. Right. Um, well, I think I think you're absolutely spot on there, Ray, because I mean, if we had smell of vision or taste of vision type thing, that might be a little different. But, they, you know, when you've got like you said, just make up a number. When I see 35 images on a feed, 35 different images from different people and they're all tomahawks and they all look about the same. You know, mm -hmm. maybe one's got a little more char on it or something or, you know, very minuscule differences. But they're the same. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely the same. And and I, I like to, uh, and I know Leanne does too, okay, you got that brisket, you cut it in half and you squeezed it and all the juice came out. So now what are you going to do with it? You know, what are you going to make out of it? Instead of just, here's some sliced brisket. Mm -hmm. Well, there's 100,000 people a day that do that. So what are you going to do with it after that? Are you going to create something with it? Or are you going to create a, a new take on a classic sandwich or a dish of some sort? Are mm -hmm. you going to make stroganoff out of it? I don't know what you're going to do with it, but it's got to be more than just cutting it in half, squeezing it. You know, a quart of, of uh, diesel comes out of it and you go, uh, here, this is great. So Did you see my brisket the other day. Uh, I was hanging out with Ken Hess. We, we all know Ken uh, from I Hossie. did. I saw it. The whole one, right? Yeah. From well, it was actually yeah. a half a brisket, but nobody even commented on that. I yeah, actually cut a piece it, of the flat off. But it was I. So I was with Ken recently at an event from County Smoke up in Lynchburg, Virginia, and uh, Ken was cooking his briskets on top of a piece of cardboard. And I had, I boy, I hadn't seen anybody do that in twenty five years. And I was like, that's a great idea. How did we forget to do that? So you ever do that, Leanne? I'm sure you no, have. No, I have not. Oh, really? Oh, no, it's an old thing. I I don't even know who told me how to do that years ago, but they did. No. So you take a piece of cardboard, and like Ken said, make sure you don't have ink or tape or glue on it. <laughs> but if you're cooking a bunch of briskets, you got a bunch of cardboard boxes around, and you cut a hunk about that. We used to actually take the brisket, lay it on there, and draw a circle like outline the brisket like it was a crime scene and cut yeah. the cut it like that now it shrinks all up you know but still huh. and it's it's really was a good idea it was just interesting to me how many people had never seen that and were uh -huh. just miffed by it like wow how would you even think to do that and it's like well that's the whole idea of to me of being a creative cook is think uh -huh. of something new try something yeah. new and that yeah. was an old trick that we recycled but it uh -huh. really works and it was it, it was i'm hoping to go viral with that but i wasn't a very, wasn't a very good video of me doing it so it probably won't work <laughs> oh well maybe the show will help right <laughs> good you, you never check out my video <laughs> you yeah you, you, ne go. you never know i know that uh, and this and i promised to get off my crab apple soapbox here folks good idea we're really ornery today yeah we are uh there's a very famous lady, um, I'm not going to name names, who has a TV show on one of the food channels. She did a cookbook a few years ago. It's a gorgeous book. I mean, really gorgeous book. Photography was great. I got a hold of that and tried to do a couple of her recipes, and they were awful. They were just awful. Um... I couldn't make them work. And, and 
that's where the skills come in, as we were talking about. But I couldn't make them work and I couldn't make them taste good. And so I went, okay, that's enough of that, you know, for me. And you know how to cook. Imagine the the home cook that doesn't really know. Right. Yeah. It's counting on that recipe. It's, you know, I've written a lot of recipes and a bunch of cookbooks and you feel, I feel an obligation that that recipe. So somebody that's pretty low on the skill level should be able to do, make my recipe and make it taste good. And Uh I, I I wonder, again, it's amazingly cookbooks still sell reasonably well, but I wonder if anybody ever actually opens them and cooks out of them. I I Uh sort of don't think they do. Anyway, we got to take a break. We're going to be back with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, and Ms. Leanne right after this. Don't go away. Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So, all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to The Nation. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. Go to their website. If you place an order, it's great beef, by the way. Absolutely great. Um, and then you go to checkout, just type in the code BBQ Nation to get 15% off. And as a special feature of this show, we are offering pig powder. That's right. Leanne's dad, Trim Tab. That's That was his nickname because yes. um, he was a pilot i guess i should mm-hmm. say that it won the best rub on the planet award it's used by winning pit masters for over 30 years and it's now available online at pigpowder.com and ms leanne will actually ship that to you or get it shipped to you so mm-hmm. that she does that and she autographs stuff too you know and she, ray has a whole line of rubs out he does like, yes a whole line and well, that four. just came out <laughs> yeah well that's the line and that's and, a line and that just came out what like two months ago maybe uh it's it's probably been i think it's a little longer but yeah we're just getting it rolling now it's starting to finally get some momentum going good good where do they find them ray uh there's there's some retailers out there but i'm kind of taking it slow i'm I'm trying to build the retail guys of good people that and i'm trying to support them like i want to come to your store so for now the best place is at my website drbbq.com okay cool cool so What's the last thing, uh, this is for Ray, and then Leanna, I want your take on this too. What's the last thing that made the light bulb go off in your head when you were cooking? Well, with that cardboard trick the other day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, because it was an old, something I had done years ago and completely forgot about it. But, you know, so you, when you cook a big brisket, I was cooking on a pellet cooker, pretty traditional, uh, 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 Louisiana grills, which is like, just like a pit boss. And it so you get a lot of heat on the bottom. So I'm usually would take my brisket and flip it over, you know, cook it fat side down for a while, maybe back and forth, because Mm -hmm. you got to be careful with a a cooker like that. The bottom of the brisket, as we know, is pretty unprotected. And and over the course of time, it could get kind of dry. And the cardboard is just a great solution to that. And it doesn't seem to affect 
the smoke penetration. It seems to, well, what I did, honestly, though, once it was getting close to done, I flipped it over and lost the cardboard. So the top half was up in the smoke really nice too. So I don't, because first of all, <laughs> let's, let me just clear the air that it's bullshit that Meek does not absorb smoke after a certain time. Uh, that's I can't believe that has gone rampant. It's actually the smoke ring that doesn't happen after a certain amount of time. Uh, smoke is mostly particulate, and it falls on your meat no matter what temperature it is. So your meat can still pick up smoke later in the cook. If, if that was all true, you, you couldn't oversmoke food. But obviously yeah. you can. We've all oversmoked things. Um, so I just want to, before I get called for saying, well, you know, you can't get any smoke after a certain temperature. That's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the uh, but the cardboard was really a great idea. So, yeah, it was just one of those things that I hadn't thought about in a long time. And I probably will never cook a brisket without doing it again. I'm going to start doing that. I am. I am. I have never done it. So well, uh, I've been wondering what to do with my Amazon boxes. So that's my solution. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so Leanne, I've also what... been I've been selling stuff on eBay, just miscellaneous stuff as I was cleaning up my office. And luckily Sandy's buying more stuff on Amazon than I'm selling. So I got plenty of oh, boxes. A, plenty yeah, of boxes. It's a perfect yeah. trade-off. Yeah. There you go. Uh Leanne, what's your uh last thing that made the light bulb go off in your head? Besides being five hours early for this interview. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, a light bulb, like just on a particular item cooked. Yeah. Or you're just... doing something and all of a sudden you either see it or it just, you see somebody else do it perhaps, or you see it and uh, you go, I wonder what would happen if I did this and it worked and you went, Oh, okay. I don't cook a lot of fish. And last week, my son-in-law had caught a giant red snapper that was beautifully he filleted it and uh, cooked it on a pit boss. And he's like, should I take the skin off or leave it on? And normally we take it off. And he's like, let's leave it on. And I said, yeah, let's do that. And I just had never done that before because, as I said, I don't cook a lot of fish. And it was the best thing ever on fish. It kept the fish together. It uh, prevented it from getting burnt. It was, I know it sounds like old school, like I should know this, but I, it was a light bulb for me. I was like, I'm going to no. cook my fish like this all the time. I mean, it, it was just. I learned to cook fish from my uncle, who was a commercial fisherman. And so the only thing that they did that I did not like was they would mix up this kind of mayonnaise type sauce and they would smear it on the fish especially salmon when they were cooking it i never cared for that that was just me though but he always left the skin on and i asked him when i was a kid i said why do you, why do you do that and just the reasons you said mm -hmm. it'll hold the meat together and and he said and if you've got some again the word skills he said you can take your spatula and, and run it between the skin and the meat and get that whole filet off of there. Or if mm -hmm. you're doing salmon steaks or doesn't matter and pull it off there. He said, you can clean your grill after you've had your dinner or whatever, mm -hmm. but you pull that off there. And he said, it's kind of a natural insulation for that. So yeah. Yeah. But the snapper skin, if you could get it crispy, would be good. I think salmon skin is pretty rough, but I yeah, did, it's pretty oily. I, I did have some of the skin and it was good, but you know, not everybody likes that, but I, I enjoyed it. But Again, it seems like it's something that I should know, but I, you know, I was up in Chicago and Virginia. I just didn't cook a lot of fish, but now being down here, you know, more fish, you know, blackening in the skillet, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, that was my first like whole fish with skin on and I was very happy with it. I like crunchy like trout skin. 
uh-huh. and stuff. Um, that because like like we were saying, salmon skin is pretty oily and it's thicker and all that. They're a much bigger fish, but we had I can't tell you how many times we had pan fried trout when I was a kid, uh, like once a week. But I love the skin because my mom would kind of bread it and then you know fry it in a cast iron skillet and some oil and stuff. And the fish, the meat was wonderful. But the seasoning and the crispy skin on the outside, that was kind of my one of my favorite things. Like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like chopped. They 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 get yelled at a lot for leaving the skin on and not getting it crispy. The sh- the judges want the skin, but they want it to be nicely cooked and crispy. So but you have the option, like you said, at the last minute of removing it usually if you yeah. somehow didn't get it crispy. You can just kind of take it off at that point. Another thing I did recently, this just dawned on me. I was uh, butterflying a pork loin because I was going to stuff it and then roll it. And and my knife was super sharp and it went all the way through. And I'm like, I screwed it up. Now what am I going to do? So I took a skewer and like weaved it, you know, to hold the one end. And then I put all the stuffing in and took a skewer on the other side and it was like it was easy to flip and cook and it actually worked out better i think oh, good but you know by accident you find out you know these things it's part well, of being a barbecue macgyver yeah <laughs> yeah you can always patch a hole in something like yeah. that make a little piece and patch it oh yeah. yeah and one of my favorite things to do is i like to take uh kind of classic recipes um i make this thing called a few clucks more when you work in television a lot, you got to be creative with the names. And you guys know that. You can't just say, well, this is a stuffed pork chop, you know, mm-hmm. yawn. So I would take these chicken breasts and I would pound them out. And then I would put, I would stuff them with uh, thin layers of like prosciutto, diced tomatoes and green chilies, and then some smoked gouda, things like that. Roll them up, cook them there. And then uh, I would put a uh, Bernays sauce over it. It was very good. And I would experiment uh, growing up on my mom's ladies card club. So they would come to our house. They rotated all the members houses during the year. But when they came to our house, I would always cook something for them. And that was one of my uh, the last times they actually came to our place. And uh, it worked out pretty good. But, you know, when you're you're knocking off classic recipes and stuff that you can do on the grill and things. Uh, I like to do that. I, I think that's kind of fun myself. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, it's come so far that we, you know, we used to have to teach people that you could pretty much cook anything on the grill. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're there. People understand that they can mm-hmm. pretty much cook anything on the grill. Mm-hmm. No, I think that, I think that's right. So um, in your travels, Ray and Leanne, how is the barbecue world holding up in general? It, uh, it's, you know, I haven't been traveling that much this year, but it seems like it's really doing well. Um, one of the things that's happened is we've spun to, uh, we used to be very much about all the, the regions, which, you know, I, it's another thing I get, I don't like the way it's treated because there's probably 100, 200, 500 regions of barbecue, not five or four or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but because people just do, you know, like the white sauce is a thing. Okay. That one, we know where it was created at big Bob Gibson's, 
But there's a restaurant in, in around Huntsville, about a half hour away, called Gibson's. That was their cousin, and guess what they serve? <laughs> White barbecue sauce. Yeah. There was another place right down the street. It was an old Alabama football player, and of course he served white sauce. And probably way back in the day, because you know, probably a guy for one, customers were asking for it. Second of all, the guy that worked at Big Bob's went over to work at the other place. In one case, like I said, it was their cousin, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But that it's it's there's just so much more to these stories than that. But now we've overwhelmingly been dominated by Texas barbecue, which is cool. And I'm, I'm certainly a big fan. I'm not mad about it. I just think it's it's too bad because all anybody wants to talk about is cooking a brisket now, any part of the country, when we should be in Carolina, not talking about brisket, of course, we should be talking about pigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, a, I have a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in years. I used to work with him in the horse world, and he actually moved from Texas up here to the little town I lived. Now, I didn't know he was coming. He didn't know exactly where I lived until he called me one day and told me the story. All that's good. And I love the guy, but he's back and forth to Texas still, you know, getting his affairs in order and all that. And every time he brings me back, he goes, I brought you some sauce and some rubs because I didn't figure you could get any good ones up here. And I was like, hey, uh, let me tell you. First of all, I've got a closet full of this stuff. And, and secondly, everything you can get in Texas, we can get here. We're not on another planet. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can do that. And so it's kind of funny, but it's that Texas thing. Like Ray said, you know, it's that Texas mm-hmm. thing up there. Anyway, we got to take a break. We're going to be back with uh, Ray and Leanne right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back, and thanks for being with us today here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with uh, Leanne and Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy. Um, we appreciate you letting us into your lives for this short period of time every week. Um, you know, I was going to, and I want to finish that story I was telling you about my friend that moved up here from Texas. He goes, where can we go to get good barbecue? Now, his idea of good barbecue is that Texas style barbecue, right? I mean, he's he's born and bred, and that's that's the world for him, and it's and that's fine. But I kind of told him, I said, well, close by there isn't one. You know, you can go up into Portland and into Vancouver, and there's some some Texas style barbecue places up there, and they're quite good. They're quite mm-hmm. good. He goes, well, maybe we should start one down here. I said, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, there's no way I'm going back in the restaurant business. So there you go. That's mm-hmm. that's the end of that story. Um, what have you been working on, Ray? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pretty lean year around here, I got to say. I've been working on finding a new job or a new a new partnership or what's that next thing to do. Uh, I, you know, unfortunately for me, the grilling industry where I've had a good career is not doing all that it's not that healthy at the moment and uh well i've and i got some things working potentially but and it's changed a lot you know the it's come a long way so i'm, I'm not doing real well in that world and my restaurant closed at the first of the year and that was actually a whole nother thing my mm-hmm. partner sold the building out from under us and i don't blame him at all the building was worth way more money than when we moved into it and he just couldn't say no so 
I'm kind of in between. I'm still working for the National Turkey Federation. That's always fun. And I drive mm-hmm. Sandy to the doctor and, you know, to the store and stuff a lot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing sure that, that kind of thing. pays really well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Leanne will give me a job in her food truck. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she would, but I don't think I it's want that. It's too hot. It's too hot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah maybe in the winter i'll come and do that yeah yeah no, exactly. i got i got all kinds of, i actually i got a couple of really cool opportunities working it's just weird for me to go six months without much and right. that's what's happened but but i got a couple of really cool things working that you know yeah, i'll be back I, i've reinvented myself many times so oh I'll do yeah it oh but, yeah uh, do you golf uh, well i do yeah i'm just really bad i, I, <laughs> oh, I don't care about that <laughs> it's horrible I don't care about that. I just want to know if you golf. Leanne and I are working. Uh, we're going to be filming some stuff for uh, the TV version of uh, my golf show called Grilling at the Green. And uh, she's coming up in the fall and we're going to film the, a lot of the food segments here and stuff. But then we've got to do the profile pieces because you can't just have a, you know, straight. To, it's got the word or association with golf in it. You got to have something about golf in it. So we're going to do these profile pieces. Maybe we'll come down there and we'll terrorize a golf course and film it. We should, we should do come that. Right. You golf in? I do. I, oh, I do. didn't know that. I have golf clubs. I, I don't golf that much. I've golfed maybe a half a dozen times this year. Um, yeah. That's I grew good. up on a golf uh, course in Jersey um, before I moved to the lake. So I used to go out with my parents a lot and golf. And then, you know, of course, being tied up in the restaurant world, I didn't have time to do anything. But uh, (laughs) so now I and my daughter's got into golf. She just got new clubs. And my uh, son-in-law is an excellent golfer. So um, I try to go out with them occasionally. It's more fun. I've golfed my whole life and I just have never been good at it, but I always enjoyed it. and That's I've always fine. been a golfer and I quit for a while and I took it up a few years ago. I, I bought a new set of clubs and, and took, went and took a couple of lessons and I still sucked. <laughs> so, it's, it's not easy. Then, it is not easy. It, well, if, you, if you've ever seen me in person, I, my body is not exactly, doesn't look like a golfer. Uh, <laughs> I was actually just thinking about your dad. Leanne's dad was a tall, thin guy. Looked yeah. like he could be a good golfer. He you look at me, it's golfer. the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah I, I get you. I'm with you there, brother. I got to, you know how they say swing through. I have to swing around (laughs) (laughs) to to make contact there. But no, we'll we'll come do a piece on you there. That That would be be fun. fun. So Mm -hmm. consider yourself invited. And I know the, I know the, the beard and the mustache and stuff kind of like me, because I just have the mustache, but that'll be a hit on the show, Ray. It blows yeah. nicely in the breeze. Like, oh, there you yeah. Go. yeah. Is that with your, your 100 mile an hour swing speed? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> so for, for both of you here, put on your hats real quick, your prognostication hats, as we like to say on the show. And uh, what's the next step for barbecue, Ray? And, and Pick a, pick one category. Let's say competition. What's the next step for competitive barbecue? Uh, and I, I'm sorry I asked you that question now because we've only got about three minutes left in the regular show, but we'll pick it up on the other side in after hours. But it seems to me that, bar, that barbecue competitions have to, I don't want to say improve, but they have to have something different to keep people interested in competing going down the road. It, it, you know, unfortunately, it needs to be totally reinvented. I think now, uh, 
we've gotten. I was talking to somebody today <clears throat> that is that has an event, and we were talking about the fact that the teams don't really want to be involved with the public. They they want to be. She said, you know, the teams all will say, "Well, put me in the back because I don't want to really talk to anybody." And mm-hmm. uh, you know that that's certainly. I don't know how that hasn't stopped the growth of it. Um, and the other thing is we've we've gotten the food has gotten so far away from. You know, when you talk about a, a piece of Texas barbecue versus what a brisket would be turned in in, in a, a barbecue contest, it's just not even, you know, it used to be a little bit tweaked. We would, you know, give it a little bit extra flavor and try to keep it moist uh, for the judge's bite. Now it's just a complete different thing. They're just not even close. If you turned in Aaron Franklin's brisket at a barbecue contest, it would come in last. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. and but yet in a restaurant, it's as good as you could possibly eat. And and I think we're going to somehow have to get back to that some kind of normal barbecue. Um, I don't know how we took we accept the fact that it's just a complete different beast and not even close to the same. And, you know, we all all aficionado is that we don't like sauces, sauces on the side. And, you know, it's a meat contest and all that. But everything that's turned in at a barbecue contest is bathed in sauce. So and, and it's not just that. It's like we we got to get back to some normalcy. Ray's going to stick around for after hours. And don't forget, we got Byron Chisholm. I, I do want to interject one thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate, Ray, what you're doing with the Turkey Federation, because I feel like bringing different proteins into the competitions kind of helps move it out of that four category direction. That's the kind of thing that I would like to see the competitions get in the direction of going where you're they're using their imagination. It isn't like who can copy, who can do, you know, who can use the, you know, this sauce, you know, because it is so cookie cutter right now. And when the rules are lifted, I think we might get out of there, out of where we have gotten into. Yeah, maybe know. less rules instead of more rules. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. worth a shot for sure. Cause interesting, what you just described is what we talked about in the beginning, creativity. Yeah. And and that should be rewarded when you're cooking for, you know, when you're competing in food, creativity mm-hmm. should be a big part of it. Yeah. I We're would gonna... say we should add a category of judging that says, is this barbecue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to oh, pick boy. that up in after hours. That's for damn sure. Ray, thank mm-hmm. you as always. And always Lane, a pleasure, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank we'll you. be back next week with uh, another edition of Barbecue Nation. Until then, take care. Remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.